Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. I'm Chad Mitchell. Got David Finch here. How you guys doing? Well, excited to uh, be with you on another podcast um, to this after this evening, I guess it is, um, <laughs> Monday night here, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, continuing in our study of Jesus, and we're going to be talking about the voice of the Savior, and so Brother David brought us a good lesson Sunday on the voice of the Savior, and uh, of course, if you have any questions as we go, th- go along here, feel free to send us an email. Um, our email is truthinagapelove at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you can find us on Facebook um, and, and send us a message there as well as, if you like um, speaking the truth in agape love on Facebook. And so uh, we're on all the, as we're on like five platforms, I think. And so you can uh, see um, Cass was looking at Audible. My wife Cass was looking at Audible the other day and found the podcast on Audible. Sweet. Which is which is Amazon. So, yeah. but it's so Amazon puts it on a bunch of their different sites. So, you can look, you can listen to it on Audible as well. So that was kind of neat to see. Great. But anyways, we're gonna jump right in here. We're gonna be reading um, from Mark chapter four, thirty-five through forty-one, probably to start out here, and uh, and I'll, I'll let David kind of give us some opening remarks as well. But so if you want to tur- be turning there to Mark chapter four, we're gonna be starting verse thirty-five there. So. Where do you want to start, David? So, yeah, you know, we, we already, as everyone's already turning there, just to kind of give you a, a brief um, look into it, by this point, Christ has already cast out many demons. He's already healed many lame and and named. You know, he's he's done performed so many miracles, and, and his apostles has been around him doing this, and they so they know... The power of Christ. And so this story coming into, starting in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, this is the one of the stories that has always intrigued me. You know, uh, as, as he calms the, the wind and the sea. Yeah. So... Let's just go ahead and and, and that's start something reading. that all of us can do, right? We can all just calm the wind yeah. and the I, sea. I wish, you know. I grew up in Wyoming. Yeah, you know the wind <laughs> in Wyoming. <laughs> I think if it never stopped blowing in Wyoming, when the, when the wind stops, the natives fall over. Yeah, that's, that's what right. happens in Wyoming. Yeah, and what actually what's funny is a lot of trees in in Wyoming, typically in the towns, because you know it's a desert. Yeah, kind of like here, but uh, a lot of the trees grow slanted <laughs> because something? of the wind yeah. yeah so fun facts there i know that there's nothing that can make you matter than the wind when you're outside working and oh uh, man and I, I wish i had the power to turn it off on, yeah. on some occasions so well and, and i used to do construction work and carrying in uh yeah. plywood or, or carrying in drywall oh yeah the good wind luck. can just take you off and then so. 10 on a roof yeah that's <laughs> yeah, no good exactly and so but Jesus, he could turn it off. He could turn it off. And the, this is what we're going to read. And, and so this is the, the beautiful aspect of it. But not only that, Christ is in the belly of the boat sleeping when, when this storm is happening. You know, this is the, the kind of calm that Christ has. Yeah. And so starting in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, it says, One the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when, had, 
when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Notice, these waves are so big that it's, it's starting to... It's filling up the boat. Filling up the boat. Yeah. But he was in the stern. This is Christ. Christ was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. <laughs> and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Yeah. So, you know, this is what Christ is, when he says, How can you have no faith? He's already showed him that he has power over unclean spirits. He has power to heal and, and all this. He's like, how do you not believe? Yeah. But they had enough faith in him to try to wake him up. But you and can... They, when they woke him up, they they figured they were perishing. Yeah. They're like, how can you sleep through this? Yeah. And and not only that, I mean, you see their, their fear in, in how they wake him up. Do you not care that we're perishing? Yeah. This is the Savior. This is the one that... They've witnessed firsthand his care for people. Yeah. But they're scared. And and so you, you get this sense of how scared they were just by how they woke him up. Well, and I, I kind of want to touch a little bit on the power of the ocean, okay? Mm. So there's a lot of folks maybe that haven't been to the ocean or seen the ocean. You mentioned you haven't been to the ocean. No. Well, you know, I was pretty old. I was probably in my 20s before I seen it or been in the ocean. And um, uh, those waves on the shore are so powerful, but you don't realize, you know, boy coming from Idaho, (laughs) you know, I didn't know anything about the ocean. We're going to go swim in the ocean and this wave's coming. It's about a five or six foot wave. Yeah. I mean, and I just like, I'll just duck through it. You know, I was getting ready. I think I had a boogie board or something. I was getting ready to go out and, (laughs) you know, try this whole thing. I think I had like a four year old teaching me how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so that wave hit me and it piled me back up on the beach like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Yeah. And that's just a wave on the shore. Right. So these waves in the ocean, if you've ever been out in the ocean, I've never been into rough seats, thank goodness, but it's dangerous. I mean, those, so those, wave, those waves are 35, 40 foot tall, some of them. Yeah. Coming along and they'll just turn your boat over. And these ones were splashing in the boat. That's right. And filling it up with water. Yeah. And, you know, they don't got search and rescue or radios to call for Coast Guard, you know. That's right. They don't have any of that. And so, basically, if you get in a dire situation like that, I'm sure as a a seaman, they knew that, hey, this is not good. We're going to die. That's right. You know, and then, then to think about the fact that Jesus wakes up and he's like, oh, you unfaithful yeah, you have little faith. Yeah, kind of, and then yeah. just and then speaks and actually calms that power. Yeah, we, we can't even imagine that. That's right, and you know, you bring up that that great point that you can really see that they were fearing for their life. Yeah, they thought they were going sure. to die. They're like, "How can you sleep? We're going to die." Yeah, we're, we're at the last bit of our life here. Do you not care? Like, 
Yeah. You can understand why they're freaking out saying mm-hmm. that, you know, do you not care? Yeah. And then he gets up and it, it, it's almost like he's just very calm, rebukes the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Now, notice the, the two different things. He rebuked the wind, told the wind to stop, but then told the sea, peace, be still. So, again, if you've ever even been out on the lake, a boat passes by. Sure. You have these waves that come in for minutes. Yeah, it takes know? forever for it to calm back That's down. That's right. And so imagine these to huge stop waves going from that to this great calm yeah, immediately. So it, it wasn't like the, the wind stopped. Even if the wind stopped, you were still going to have these waves Yeah, it would last. It would ripple, ripple That's right. on forever. The ripple effect. You know, and I grew up on a waterbed. Yeah. You turn in the middle of the night, you feel it for another five minutes. Sure. That's how water works, right? And so... I picture like a that somebody just... You would almost have to lay a sheet of glass on the top of the water to make it quick. Right. Exactly. Something. How in the world do you calm that? That's the thing. Yeah. Those waves go on and on and on. We have... Um, uh, what do they call it? Tsunamis. They call them. That's right. That are created from an earthquake, and the earthquake, the ground underneath moves enough to where it causes a ripple, and before long, that ripple's a 15, or sorry, like 50-foot wave. That's right. 40, 50-foot wave that comes in and just crashes the the shoreline, and it's caused from that effect. The entire town on the front line, too. Yeah, it's caused from that effect in in, in the earth of the earth jumping, Mm -hmm. and it creates that wave, and you can't stop it. That's right. But Jesus did just by speaking to it. Yeah. That's the thing. That power, whether it's a boat going by, something creating the wave, it goes until it's over. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the voice of the Savior, even the wind stopped and even the sea yeah. calmed. Mm-hmm. And, and that is contrary to what water does. I mean, he has power over even the sea. Yeah. Where sea's a liquid. I yeah. mean, and I'm pointing out the obvious here, clearly, but it, it's a liquid. It, it just well, it and, does what it does. And the power know? of water, I mean, if you have a flood or anything like that, it'll erode the earth like you've never seen. Yeah. And, you know, we, we here at work, we have a, 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 a water jet. Mm-hmm. It cuts with water. Yeah. And we, we inject sand into the water. We heard it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that was the saw. But Oh, okay. But yeah, no, the, the, the sand injects into the stream and it cuts with water. And if you've ever taken, I know that people have done this, a garden hose in the front yard and try to drill a hole with it while it's on. Okay. In the, in the yard. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can drill a hole in the ground with water. That's hose. right. Just letting the water go. As a kid, I remember playing, building little rivers and stuff, you know. But you can take that hose and drill a hole in the ground. Yeah. So that's the power of water when it's running. Yeah. And the ocean's no different. It's just once it gets moving. Yeah, it, that's right. They don't stop. Anyways, we're we're kind of beating a dead horse there, but I think everyone can understand the power of water. But yeah. Jesus was able to tame it with his voice. Yeah. Just at the voice of the Savior. He calmed it, and there was this great calm. And and just like I said, his apostles have already seen him perform so many miracles, and yet this... And then he are, called them unfaithful. Yeah, and but these are his, these are his faithful followers, and they 
they have witnessed him perform these miracles, but yet even this, and they, seeing that great calm. They figured calm, they were going to perish. Yeah, but seeing that great calm, that that was like an exceedingly like awe, amazing point. I've got uh, a note, a footnote that says, um, it reads a different way, have you still no faith? Oh, okay. Have you still no faith? What even trend, after, is that a tra- different translation? In, in you, dash text reads, Oh, okay, yeah. Have you still no faith? Yeah, so going from the Greek, it can also be translated as... Have yeah, you it's kind of like, really, after all these things I've done, and, and you still have no faith in me? Yeah. You know? Like, have you still no faith? Mm-hmm. You know, and just, you know, and in my notes in my uh, lesson, I, I said like 10 to 15 foot waves, but I, I think you're more accurate on the size. I just didn't want to... I can't imagine because I've never been to the ocean. Well, I can't imagine how big these waves are. Yeah, and and um, I think you know we think oh just a little wave because we've seen them in lakes and stuff. But in the ocean, it's they're thirty five forty foot waves. Some of them, yeah, and sometimes and and they kind of come in in waves because <laughs> waves. But there's a rogue wave every once in a while. Sometimes there can be a really big one. That's right. Yeah, that comes along and just really rips you and of course you got to think they didn't have engines either so it they they were sailboats and it's hard to keep them pointed in the right direction to keep from getting you know rolled over in the in the valley of the of the wave yeah so the best way is to put your nose into the waves that's right so if you can't do that you know you're you're gonna sink real fast and so we don't know exactly what they were doing but there's techniques and things that they had to use with sail sailboating you with the rudder, trying to keep it in the right direction. Yeah, um, and and undoubt- the waves were big enough that they were splashing in the boat. And That's of course, right. they don't have a bilge pump. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can't pump it out. They got to use buckets. You know. Well, and another another point that you we need to make a uh, another point here is where it was made out of wood. Sure. You know they're they're not the the big metal ships that we see today these these are made out of wood and yeah when you're going through a storm that storm beats at the boat and it can collapse the boat yeah a whole lot easier than you know these metal boats that we have or metal ships that we have today this was a a wooden ship it was a wooden boat and and then in the in the other story that we're going to be talking about possibly later on this evening it talks about them rowing now it doesn't indicate that they were rowing in this boat. However, they could have been. It could have been. Yeah, but There's just something they had a, to a rowboat. You know. Yeah, they had to do something to keep it pointed in the right direction in That's this right. storm. Yeah, you know. And, and another thing I think about too is, you know, we have so many um, technologies today. Us, we have storm radar. You know, we know the storms yeah. coming. Yeah. You know those kinds of things. They didn't have that then. They had the red skies at night. Yeah, and, and of course. Red skies in the morning. Jesus, I guess, could have known. You know that they were gonna hit a, a storm. Yeah. But I think um, too, Jesus may have known. Who knows? I'm just thinking theoretically. Yeah. That they were gonna encounter this storm, but it was kind of a faith builder for the apostles. Absolutely, it was. You know, to trust in God. You know, put your faith in God. It, yeah. It, and and they didn't do that. And I think that's the main point of this whole story is, you know, God has a plan. You know, we're 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 gonna do. The, you know, we're gonna we're gonna spread the word, and put your faith in God, not 
other things. Yeah. And and too many times we think that we might have to help God. Yeah. He doesn't need our help. No. You know, and and here clearly they 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 cried out to the Lord. Yeah. You know, they were to the point where they thought they were going to die. I, I have no doubt. You know, where they do you not care that we're dying? Yeah. And and how they say it, and they have so much respect for Christ. Again, just points out how scared they were. Mm-hmm. I would have been right there with them. Oh man! <laughs> well, and you know, just thinking about this great storm, this great, the power of the storm, and then how cross. Christ spoke, and at his voice, they calmed, completely calmed. And how amazing that is. Um, a verse I want to take you to. Please turn with me to Job chapter four, or, sorry, 26. 26. Job 26. And I was just going to read verse 14. Okay. And so here, Job, he is in between talking with his his friends, or yeah, I would say his so-called friends. You know, they Job just lost everything his yeah. his livestock, his his servants, his uh, children. Yeah, and if you don't know, I mean, Job Job's a great story for you to read about if you're having a bad day. Yeah. Okay. So and you you have nothing to complain about. You will have you know? nothing to complain about when you see what Job went through. Yeah, and and his dedication to the Lord even after all of this happened, he never blamed God. Yeah. And so as his friends are trying to tell Job that he is he must be a sinner because all of this bad things happened to him, Job was like, "I'm not. I, I'm not." You know, and and so they. As you read through Job, they keep going back and forth. Job will respond, and then his friends will respond back at him. And even while they're trying to tell Job that he is a sinner, he is still not just defending himself, but rather he's actually calling to the beauty of who God is. And with that in mind, we'll actually back up to verse 7. Yeah, because... You know, one, one thing to point out, like a lot of people think when something bad happens to them, they're being punished by God. Yeah. Okay. When in fact, sometimes it's just a test and a faith builder. Yeah. Okay. And and, and that's that's how Job, Job didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. He didn't. That's right. He was just being um, tested by the devil. Yeah. And and God let him, let the devil test him. And so, you know... Because I know that we all we all have those thoughts when something bad happens. It's like, God, why are you punishing me? But we need to look at it like Job and give all praise to God because it's part of his plan. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, you don't have to take our word for it. Job 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let me kind of dig into it here a little bit. Yeah, and we don't, we don't want to get down too far a, a rabbit hole. But, but yeah, yeah, it's good to understand because <clears throat> that does kind of correlate to these apostles as they went across this, they they were on a path you That's know right. and, and things weren't going good <laughs> yeah and so job chapter 1 verse 8 there he says then the lord said to satan have you considered my servant job that there is none like him on the earth a blameless and upright man one who fears god and shuns evil so yeah. even this is the word of god and god cannot lie by the way mm-hmm. this is the word of god saying there is no other servant like job on earth yeah and so he is a righteous man his his friends were 
throwing these railing accusations at him. Yeah. So when you fast forward to Job chapter 26, let's all read together. So if you're listening and you have your Bible handy with you, I hope you're at Job 26. We're going to start reading in verse 7, and we're just going to read through the end of the chapter, which is uh, verse 14. And it says, And he stretched out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick cloud. Yet the clouds are not broken under it. He covers the face of his throne. He spreads his cloud over it. He drew a circular horizon on the face of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his rebuke. He stirs up the sea with his power, and by his understanding he breaks up the storm. By his spirit he adorns the heaven. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Now Job is explaining the power of God. His his beautiful creation, everything how everything is perfect. And then in verse 14 he says, Indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Yeah, the thunder so, of his power. That's right. And and so what we're reading in in Mark chapter 4, going back over there, how Christ just spoke at, at the voice of the Savior, and he had this great calm and had the wind stop. Man, I wish I had that power, especially growing up in Wyoming. Mm. If you've never been to Wyoming and you don't like wind, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> it just It's just an open field for wind, you know? And so... The wind never stops in Wyoming, and but at his voice, everything stopped, and and the seas were calm, and yet these are the mere edges of his ways. Yeah, and I think everyone can understand because this is all something that we experience. So to understand that power that God had, yeah, you know, we all understand that's right. how powerful that was. Yeah, and and so when you understand how how powerful that is. And yet that's that's really only a glimpse at his great and awesome power. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. Who can understand? And and so this is not like um showing off for Christ. That he's just you know, he's just look, how do you not have faith in me? Yeah. And so just uh, Absolutely amazing story there. So you've got the next verse, 1 Corinthians 1. That's right. Uh, verse 18 kind of goes along since we're talking about the power of God. Absolutely. So I can read that for us. Please do. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, um, verse 18 here. And this is a, a letter to the Corinthians. Paul is writing it. Um, but I'll just start right here. This this is uh, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Yeah. So when you think about that, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Yeah. Is it not? That's right. They th- You're crazy, man. Why do you go to church every every Sunday? You could be out skiing. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Or fishing or whatever. Um 
And so it seems foolishness to them. But is it foolishness, foolishness to us Christians? No. No, because we understand um, that it's the power of God. Yeah. And being saved, it it is the power of God. Yeah. And, and we can rely on his great power. Mm-hmm. You know, and that actually ties in to John chapter 10. Turn there with me if you were following along. John 10, verse 28. Now, that whole section, if you have time on on your own time, that would be a great, you know, reading all of chapter 10 there. But John 10, verse 28, he says, And I give them eternal life. This is Christ speaking about those who are faithful to him. He says, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Yeah. So we can rely on Christ. We can rely on his great power. As Matthew 28, verse 18 points out, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. So it's not just on earth that he has all power. It's also in heaven as well. He has a, all authority. Yeah, I have a, I have a cross-reverence here. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 2. Mm. says, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. That's right. So, you know, that's the that's the thing we got to work towards. Yeah. Is and, not believe in vain or think it's foolish. Yeah. And holding fast to that word as well. And so what does it mean to hold fast? Yeah. It means to to stick to it. Stick to it. And, and be diligent in it. You know, 2 Timothy 2.15, we're, we're told to study to show ourselves approved unto the Lord. Work beneath not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Sure. So we have a, I mean, that's holding fast and, and having that that zeal for God, but not just that zeal, but holding fast to the word of God. And so we can't serve God any way we want. We have to serve him the way he commands us to holding fast to his word and and being willing to change our life to fit the word of God and never in any way try to change the word of God to fit our life. Yeah. And so very good point to bring out right there. I have another cross reference. Yeah, please do. First Corinthians two 14 um, says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolish. So talking about the foolish yep. to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's right. And, you know, the thing is, these gifts are spiritual. They're not physical. Yeah. You know, and and that was we've talked about that with the apostles, how they, they thought the kingdom was going to be a, a physical kingdom, which it's not. Yeah. Because a physical kingdom perishes. That's right. Really, anything in this life is perishable. You buy a new vehicle. And oh man! When you get it paid off, it's wear out, right? Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah, that's when the check engine light goes on. I <laughs> exactly, it waits till it's paid off. Okay, but everything new becomes old. Yeah, eventually. That's right. In this life, and whether it's a a, a kingdom, we see it in history books. Yeah, anything, anything perishes, but God's spiritual kingdom will not perish. Yeah, and you know that's a huge point to make yep his his spiritual kingdom will not well and and nobody can touch it yeah and and the uh nor when you are seeking the lord and following after him 
And what I mean by follow is, again, obedient to the Word of God. No one can snatch you from His hands. Yeah. You know, going back to John 10, 28, Mm -hmm. no one can take you from Him. No. So you don't have to worry about losing that. Now, you will have to worry about that if you're not faithful to Him. Yeah. But while you're remaining faithful to Him... No well, one can take you from him. Just for example, like I, I always tell people, you know, in this life, get a trade. You know, I'm a tradesman. Yeah. My dad was a tradesman. Uh, you know, a lot of my family was tradesmen. You get a trade, no one can take that away from you because you already know That's the right. trade. Um, no matter what happens, you still got that trade you can fall back on. Well, can anyone take our faith? you know, like take it away from you. Like yeah, they could take right. your Bible away, but you still got it in your mind. Yeah. Right. Um, so no one can take that away from you, but we can lose it. Right. That's right. We can lose it ourselves. Same yep. with a trade. You could lose it. You can lose your job. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can lose your faith. So we got to be on guard not to do that because no, but no one can take it away. If we lose it, it's our fault. That's not right. anyone else's. That's right. Right. Yep. You know, and, and as, as Christ talks about in that, um, no one can snatch you out of his hand. So a lot of people think, well, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want because no one can take me from his hand. That's not what he's saying there. He's not saying that you can't jump out of his hand. He's saying no one can snatch you from his hand while you're remaining faithful to him. You know, I really like that analogy, Chad, where you, you can't take it away. Yeah, you can't. Take that knowledge away. No, you can't. But you can choose not to obey him. That's right. And and that can, would that would be equivalent to jumping out of his hand. Yeah. Choosing not to obey him. Yeah. And so and uh I so wanna I wanna read this uh just I'm gonna continue reading here in First Corinthians two because it, it kind of relates. So first Corinthians two, um continuing verse fifteen. I read fourteen. Yeah, and if you're not there, turn over there. Yeah, first Corinthians two. Um, I read 14, so I'll continue in 15. He says, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Yeah. We're not judged by anyone because there's only one judge. Yeah. For, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Okay. So as long as we have the mind of Christ, we learn it from reading his word. Yeah. No one can take that away from us. You know, you could get imprisoned. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You've got the word in your mind. You know what's right. You know what God expects from you. Yeah. And you do the best you can with whatever <laughs> you're given. Yeah. I mean, it'd be tough. I don't rec- recall scripture very well. You're better than me. <laughs> but somehow you would hope that you could still do that if you were imprisoned. That's right. And still have a copy of his word and, well, and read and, from it. You know, when, when you... The word is referred to as spiritual food and, yeah. and, and spiritual water a lot of times. And so when you think about that, when you don't continue to read the Bible, when you don't continue to meditate upon his word, you're actually starving your soul. Yeah, you brought that up. Um, I think it was in class. In class, yeah. Yeah, but you're actually starving your soul. That's right. And so that's why you need to continue to read it. You need to continue to go back to it. Chad... You and I will both agree on this. Mm. How many times will we read one verse, but then like the 10th time we read it, it hits us in a way that it's never hit us before, you know, hit us right between the eyes where it's like, 
how did I never see that before? You yeah. know, and and so the more you meditate and the more you you bring all the scripture together, and it it blends so beautifully together. You yeah. know, especially going from the Old Testament, looking at all the prophecies. When you actually study that, these prophecies prove Christ to be the Messiah. The prophecies alone. And how there's over 350 prophecies. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, I, I've just th- thought of this. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't cost us anything, really. No. I mean, we go to school. I went to school, trade school, cost me. Mm-hmm. I had to pay for it. You, we don't have to pay for this. Yeah. It's free. That's you right. Know, we just got to put our a little work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, sweat equity, you might call it. Yeah. But, but really, it's free. I had a a friend of mine, we were on a, a field job, and I was going to go to church on Sunday. I was like, hey, you want to go? He's like, well, how much is it going to cost me? How much money do I need to bring? I'm like, you got to bring nothing. <laughs> I'm like, where have you been going to church? Yeah. You know? He's worried about how much it was going to cost him That's right. to go. It's free. You know? Yeah. David, you're not going to charge anyone to have a Bible study, right? Man, I, I wish <laughs> I could uh, not charge them. I just wish I could have more Bible well, studies. Well, <laughs> sure, but, but, but that's the thing. It's free. Yeah, we, that's right. We can, and, and that's what's so amazing about I'll it. Even, I'll even buy you a Bible there you and go. bring it to the Bible study. Yeah, absolutely. So it is 100% free for you. That's right. And, and so, but, but yeah, it's free for the taking. It's, that's it's right. like a no-brainer. Yeah. And now with all this technology, you can download it onto your phone. Sure. You know, or your tablet or your, your mm-hmm. laptop. Yeah. There's so many utensils that we can use. That's right. Uh, and we have such an advantage of the of the early Christians, don't we? Oh, yeah. And where we have the whole completed word. Yeah. You know. And, well, and that's what, when your dad was here, that's what we were really digging into there yeah. was how much of a disadvantage they were at. Yeah. And that's the whole reason why they needed the miracles. Yeah. To prove that what they were saying was the Word of God. Well, That's right. Now we have the completed Word of God in front of us, so the blessing that we have, that that the Word of God never changes, you know? And, and we see that in um, uh, Hebrews 13, 8. We see it in Matthew 24, 35, Luke 21, 33, yeah. uh, 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25. The Word of God remains forever. Yeah. And, and so... That's the beautiful aspect of it. I know there's been times where um, it's they've tried to get rid of it. Yeah. The word. But yeah. it, it just never happens. And I think to this day, isn't the Bible the best-selling book yeah, it, well, ever? The last I heard, they actually stopped... Um, counting they it? They stopped counting the Bible because it, it took over everything. It's and so the, no other book had a chance. 20... <laughs> 200th time world champion or something? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so they actually ended up just not even counting the Bible because more copies of the Bible were, were always sold. Yeah, and us as Americans, we have tons of opportunities to read from the Bible. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some f- folks maybe in the Philippines or in in the, in India or different places some where it's forbidden, even like um, yeah. China... Yep, it's it's really hard to be a Christian there. Yeah, um, and so they don't have the opportunities like we do, and we got we got them laying everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you need a Bible, you're gonna be able to get one pretty easy around here. Yeah, and so yeah, we we have nothing to complain about. But we're a very blessed nation. 
Absolutely. So where do you want to go next, David? Uh, let's go to Mark 6. This okay. one, this story has always fascinated me, too. This is where Christ actually walks on the water. Okay. And so to kind of get into the, the scene, if you will. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 45. Okay. And so to kind of set the scene, Christ just got done, if I recall correctly, just got done feeding the the 5,000 or yeah. the 4,000. Um, don't quote me on that. But he sends his apostles away on the boat ahead of him, and then he also sends the multitude away. And this is a different boat trip. This is a different boat trip. This is the one that actually says they were rowing. Okay. To kind of give you an idea of the kind of boat they were on. They had to row it. You know, they didn't have a, a motor. They had to row yeah, it. Yeah, they rowed it. It's uh, sweat labor. <laughs> yeah, sweat, that's, that's sweat right. Sweat power. That's when, that's when uh, you actually had to work. That's right. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they were rowing, but, but Christ took the time to go up onto the mountain and pray. And, yeah. and that alone is so impactful. Christ made the time to pray. How many times do we get so busy in our lives where you wake up late and you run out of the house and on your way to work and you just you don't have time people say i I didn't have time to pray make time you know i that that reminds me i'm going to tell a quick story please do so brother david and 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 cat sister catherine were they just came back from overseas Mm -hmm. and so they were on a flight that was i can't remember they said 14 hours or something like that yeah, I think so. And they were talking about how the pilot had to go and pray because he's Muslim, mm-hmm. and they had to figure out where Mecca was so yeah. he could point towards Mecca and pray. And so, and and I I don't remember exact story, but they were like, "Don't worry, we have like five pilots on this flight. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's still someone flying the plane." But he had to go, and and I don't know if maybe some of the other passengers went and prayed as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But I was I was thinking when they was telling that story that, you know, they're adamant. I mean, they, I don't know if it's five times a day it's or, something or like three that. times yeah. a day. I'm not sure. But I think they said five. Yeah, but they have to go and pray. Yep. But really, if we could set a schedule for ourselves like that, yeah. it'd be good, you know. But it, it it's not about... Um, you don't have to do it in front of everyone. Yeah, and it's not about... Uh, Oh, three o'clock, I got to pray. Oh, five o'clock, I got to pray. Right. But rather, it's you wanting that connection with God. Yeah. So you go to Him. And, and that's praying to the Lord is also a such a blessing that we take advantage of. Yeah. Or, or take for granted, not take advantage of. We need to take advantage of it, but we take it for granted. How blessed are we that, that we have this avenue that we can actually pray to God? Yeah. You know, we have that avenue. I guess How the point are is we? the point is to try to figure something out That's in your right. life. Absolutely, to, make that time to make that time. Yeah, yeah. we, we and, have to and, make it and actually making the time. Very, very good point there. You mm-hmm. know, making it whether it's you know in the morning, midday, make that time to pray. Yeah, you know, and have that relationship. Yeah, don't with God. let other things get in the way. That's right. Of not being able to do it. That's right. And so here, yep. in the midst Mark of 6, everything. Mark 645. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of got off subject yeah. a little bit. Mark 6, starting in verse 45, we're going to read through verse 51. And so 
Starting in verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. So the wind was blowing at them as they were trying to cross. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed by them. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. So again, they're fearing for their life, afraid of this storm that they're in, and this time, Christ is not in the boat with them. So they're trying to row, and the fourth watch of the night. So that is, there was actually um, four watches, three three hours at a time. So the fourth watch was, so they've been out there all night yeah. rowing, all night. And, and so they had to have been exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell a story. Yeah. I got a story. Go ahead. All right. So I have a drift boat. And we float down the river. Mm-hmm. And one evening we went out and we float down the river. And so you oar it. Okay, there's two oars. One guy in the middle oars. Mm-hmm. And it's about a 14-foot long boat. You know, it's not very big. Just drift. It's made for drifting down the river. I got to get you out on it this yeah. summer. I only took, That'll be fun. I didn't even take it out last year, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to this summer. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, um, a storm come in. And sometimes the storms can come in real quick here. And it was a windy storm, and the wind was blowing right straight up the river. And it's getting dark, and it's not fun (laughs) to get the boat out at night right? in the dark. So we're trying to row down river. And a boat, sometimes when the wind's blowing, it's like a sail, okay? Yeah. It's out of the water, sticking out of the water, so the wind hits you just perfect. And I'm oaring as fast as I can. I think Rick was with me. And I'm oaring, and we were trading off because... We couldn't oar fast enough to go down river. That's how fast the wind. And this is a small boat. Yeah. So that wind. And so, you know, he says here in, uh, where is it? Uh, and, and when they see, they were, okay, verse 48. Then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Yeah. When that wind is against you. You ain't it, moving. It's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, and so I've experienced that. Just an example. Yeah. And and I don't know how many people have, but the, it was a struggle. We like to never got back to the truck. Yeah. To the boat ramp because that wind was just it was blowing us up up river. You know, the wow. water the water's going towards the wind too. Yeah. But it was blowing us up the current. It was That's something right. something to see. So they were struggling here. That's right. And and they probably had I'm guessing six or eight people on each side of the boat, probably. Or yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, that's just my picture, my mental picture. Yeah, but. And, and it's it's not like a little <laughs> rowboat. So you don't you don't take a little rowboat out on the sea. So imagine being in that situation where you're just doing giving it all you got, and there goes a guy walking on the water. Yeah. What? <laughs> and <laughs> and so that brings out a, a, another 
funny point, you know, where they, it says they cried out. Mm-hmm. Now, guys completely understand this. Chad, I, I mentioned to you, you know, if we went to a, watched a scary movie together. Yeah. And I'm sitting here squirming in my seat at, at every turn. And especially if I cried out, ah, you know, screamed. You would never let it down. Yeah, I'd, I'd make fun of you a little oh, bit. Oh, man, not a little bit. You'd be, the whole congregation would know, you know, everyone yeah. I know, you would make sure they knew it. Yeah. You know, that's what guys do. Yeah. So for them to cry out, that just illustrates well, how scared they yeah, were. Yeah, that, that was the situation they were in. Again, that's right. they may have thought they were going to perish. Yeah, you and, know? and they thought it was a ghost. And of course... That makes sense because no human can walk on water, right? Yeah. So that makes sense that they they were so scared thinking that this was a ghost. Again, I'm sure fearing for their life. So they were very troubled. And then again, at the voice of the Savior. Yeah. And notice here is so beautiful because Christ doesn't identify him and say, it is I, Jesus Christ, don't be afraid. He just says, it is I. Yeah, and they knew. They knew right away. the voice of the Savior. You know, when you turn to John 10, very good point here to bring out. John chapter 10, this is Christ speaking about this. You want me to read it, verse 4? Yeah, please. Okay, John 10, verse 4. It says, and, and when... And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, yeah. about the animals knowing who you are. That's right. And they knew his voice. Yeah. They went from thinking it was a ghost to hearing, it is I. Yeah. And I can only imagine all the chaos that's going on. You know, the wind is contrary, so they're... They're rowing. They're trying to get this boat going. They're exhausted, and they calm down just at the voice of the Savior. They recognize. They know His voice. Yeah. They are sheep knowing their shepherd's voice. Yeah. And so, very important to, to point that out. At His voice, they knew who He was. You know, where we don't get the the honor of hearing his actual voice today. Yeah. You know, but John 1, 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah. The word of God is Christ. Yeah. So we actually hear his voice through the, the scripture. The Bible is his voice that we hear today. And so kind of the same rules apply. You know, when you hear somebody telling you something about the Bible, if you know your shepherd, if you know who Christ is and you've you've studied him, you can tell when it's off. You can tell when it's not actually the word of God speaking, you know, and, and so kind of the same mentality applies well, to us today, but here just at him saying it is I. Well, and I think too, as we meet other Christians, you know, when yeah. I first met you, it it didn't take very long to really realize hey we got we're on the same page you yeah. know and so we can we can see each other as christians as well and and hear the voice of god through each other as yep. we study as we worship 
you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And it's familiar. Yep. Is it not? And and, and so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's almost like we're reading out of the same book, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, or we can go visit another congregation that we've never yep. been to. And immediately you feel comfortable That's and, right. at, and at home and 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 with other Christians and you can you're around the voice of God yeah. basically. And, and you can tell just by talking to them, sometimes they're a little off. Yeah. And and um that's Well sure. Perhaps if, getting a little a little bit too deep there, but uh we yep. had visitors over the summer yeah. and they they stayed um with us for a month. Yeah, that's right. And just with that month, they were from Tennessee, and they may be listening. So, uh, <laughs> but in that month, we grew so close to them, and we still talk to one another. Sure. And this is a family that we've only known for a month. I openly say I love you to them because mm-hmm. there's that connection there. You're, you're, mm-hmm. You love them because they're their brother. Yeah, you know? sure. And so. And and just from talking to them, yeah, you reading know out of the right same away. Book. You're yeah. on the same page. We're reading out of the same book. We got that's the same. Right. We got the same blueprint. Yeah, that's right. You know, and and so here they they heard the voice of the Savior, and they they calmed down. Yeah, and in Mark, it doesn't. It actually cuts um, another part out. Where Peter walked on the yeah, water. Yeah, so we're going to look at that in Matthew 14. It's basically the other account. That's right. Um, all the all the Gospels touch on this. Yep. Right? Yeah. But, but uh, every one of them have a different eyewitness, basically. You know, yep. because the Gospels are recorded um, by someone different. Someone different wrote them. Yeah. And, you know, basically I call them eyewitnesses, you know, because that, that's a good analogy. But he, he, he accounts... Gives us a little bit more detail here of what happened. Yeah, and and so Mark a lot of times is I kind of refer to it as the fast track through Christ's life. Yeah. So it it does cut out some stories like when he was hungered for forty days yeah. in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. That's actually cut out in, in Mark. Mm-hmm. And but he hits uh, you know Mark hits other points, but you know so all the four of the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are on Christ's life, but each book hits a, certain details that the yeah. other book doesn't. I, I could read it for us if you yeah, want. Yeah, please do. And we're going to be reading Matthew 14. Yeah, starting in verse 28. And here, here this, uh, this basically picks up where, um, in verse 27, he says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. So there's, right. there's the voice. So they're like, Oh, it's Jesus. So immediately... Starting in verse 28, says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come and to you on the water. So uh, here, Peter here has got a little bit of a doubt. Is it really you, Jesus? You know? And yeah. so in verse 29, so Jesus says, so he says, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they had got into the boat, the wind ceased. And, and this is quite, oh, I'll, I'll read 33 as well. 
Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Yeah. And so it, it makes you wonder, like, this, this has always been an interesting story for me because um, Peter knew it was Jesus by oh, his right. voice. Absolutely. And it's almost like he was testing him. If it's really you, let me come out there and, t- and, and, and see you. Yeah, and, and I, I almost view it as he, he wanted to come out and see him. So yeah. he's, he's like, if it's you, tell me to come out. Because notice, all Christ had to do is say, come. Yeah. He didn't, Christ didn't. And then it's on the me, other hand, please come out to me. You know, no. How comfortable are you going to be to get out of the boat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. So Peter had great faith already in the Lord, and so, but it's beautiful because he started to walk on the water mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. How and amazing is that? And you can just imagine if that was you, you'd be like, "Hey, this is pretty cool." Hey, and then he started to doubt. Didn't yeah. He? he he started to look at the storm. He started to. See yeah, that the winds were boisterous, and, and I'm sure he took his eyes off of the Savior yeah, and, and looked at the, the storm. And so that scared him, and so he started to sink. But notice, Christ didn't just, no, you, you don't have faith. You're done. You know, Christ didn't leave him in that water to drown. Christ lifted out his hand and pulled him out. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he says, oh, you have little faith. And Peter is one of the apostles that uh, needed sometimes the the stiff arm of the Lord. Yeah. Where there's a lot of instances where Christ is speaks very harshly to Peter. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. Can, you know. Yeah. But can. that was something, and and everyone is is different. Peter was one of the people that needed that that firm hand. To kind of pull him out of whatever whatever he was thinking. Well, and how how amazing is it that he, that Peter? So can you imagine being one of the other apostles sitting there watching all this happen? Yeah. First off, you got the wind, so everyone probably stopped and was looking at him like, "What is going on?" There's Jesus. Yeah. And then Peter gets out of the boat and walks over to him. Yeah. You know, and then they see that he lost his faith, and Jesus saved him. Reached out his hand and grabbed him. I got a picture of that in my mind. Yeah. Of Jesus grabbing his hand and saying, you have little faith. Yeah. You know, I think he has to do that to us sometimes. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so then when they get into the boat, then they just, were, you know, they're amazed. And and really, this whole thing is all basically a teaching moment for the apostles. Yeah. To put their faith in God. That's right. And even for us today. And And it's a huge one for us today. Yeah. To put our faith in God and don't question it. Yeah. And, and how many times uh, I refer to it as the storms in our life. Yeah. How many times do we go through trials and tribulations, which I call storms, and how many times do we take our eyes off of the Lord? Yeah. How many times do we, we allow that whatever we're going through yeah. to overtake us? Yeah. And, and we begin to sink in that storm. And then when we focus our eyes back on the Lord, He pulls us out. Yeah. And, he and grabs hold of us. That's right. And we don't sink, and we get back in the boat. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's exactly what Paul was is talking about to Timothy in Second Timothy two thirteen, where uh, Paul there he says, "If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself." In those moments where we are faithless, when we Perhaps have failed. We turn back to him. 
he pulls us out. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't leave us stranded. Yeah. And that because he's faithful. I'm reminded of that uh I don't know if it was a picture or whatever of the footprints in the sand. Yeah. And there's two sets of footprints and then all of a sudden there's one. Yeah. And there's and you're you know, basically holding Jesus' hand. How come there's only one? How come you left me? During all these During all these trials. Yeah. And he's and it and it states that um, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you at yeah, that point. That's right. You know, and I think sometimes we need that. Um, he remains faithful. He cannot just deny himself if we are faithless. Yeah. And so. We, and, and it's it's not illustrating that we do whatever we want. You know, we uh, we don't have to be faithful to him. Yeah. And he's still going to be faithful to us. That's not what he's illustrating there in that verse. He's illustrating that. When if we succumb to these our weakness, the weakness in the flesh, and we fail, we're not left hopeless. I like this. Just since I'm in Second Timothy here, might two, as well, right? Says uh, two, two ver- verse fifteen. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah, it's a good verse. Yeah, <laughs> and so if he was sitting here saying that we. We can remain faithless. Two verses later, he's not going to tell us to be diligent or study to show yourselves approved. Yeah. To rightly divide the word of truth. And so I'm glad you brought that out. You know, just illustrating, we are weak in the flesh. And there's times where we have to be diligent. Perhaps we may fail. Yeah. But we have comfort in the Lord because when we turn back to Him, he will stretch his arm out and and pull us out of the muck that we're in. So we got three, two and a half minutes here. Okay. But uh, you've got another one that's really good too that goes right along with this. Deuteronomy thirty-one. Yeah. Verse eight. Yep. So Deuteronomy thirty-one, verse eight. I'm not sure what's going on here in Deuteronomy. Joshua is the new leader of Israel here. Well, Moses is telling Joshua he's going to go, telling Joshua that he's going to go and uh, go attack. Yeah. But he's saying, don't don't worry. Okay. And so go ahead. In verse 8 here of Deuteronomy 31 says, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. That's and right. And sometimes we don't think about that. Yeah. That God goes before us. Is there anything too difficult for God? Clearly not. No. And, and he goes before us. Um, he's the one who goes before you. Yeah. He will be with you, you know, and, and, you know, really that's, that's a great comfort for us. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the old Testament and this is the same God whom we serve today. Sure. And so, you know, um, actually let's turn to Hebrews or no, let's go to Titus. Okay. Chapter one. Titus. That, that one's just very straightforward, very clear. So here in Titus, this is um, Titus is a preacher, and Paul is is writing to Titus. So let me get over there. Titus one, yep. verse two. Verse two, he says, "In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began." Yeah, God promised this to us. He cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie, as it says in Hebrews six. It's impossible for him to lie. Well, he literally cannot lie. And as we talked last week, 
the fulfillment of the prophecies. Yeah. You know, and I brought this up on the Lord's table Sunday. Um, how, how comforting that can be that all these prophecies came true a thousand years later or eight, however long it was. Yeah. Uh, and proved that it wasn't a lie. These promises that were made in the Old Testament of the Messiah coming. That's right. You know, and, and on, on when he was crucified and rose again the next day or three days later. Yeah. You know, it fulfilled like 30-some prophecies. That's right. They, those were not lies. And so any promise that he's made that hasn't been fulfilled is going to happen. Yeah. He, you know, Jesus is coming back someday. That's right. And and we can be comforted because he doesn't lie. Yeah. And, and to tie this in to the fact that God doesn't lie, here's one that... That we need to look at. Okay. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And I think this is a, a we'll end great on place this one. to stop. Absolutely. Pointing to the Christ. Acts chapter 4. Verse 12. Okay. So speaking of Christ, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Yeah. That's a great verse. There is no one else that we can turn there's, to to be saved. There's, there's no one else given to us. We can't We can't get there any other way. Nope. We Only can't ride anyone's coattails. Can't ride their back. That's right. Only the voice of Christ can get us there. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so, man, what a great study this evening. Oh, the, yeah. The voice of the Savior, what a powerful thing. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we, we, we've enjoyed the study this evening with y'all and um again if you have any uh, questions about our study tonight or if you're just dealing with something in your life that you want us want to talk to somebody about we'd love to hear from you send us an email at truth and agape love at gmail.com and uh, f- or find us on facebook at speaking the truth and agape love so thanks yeah. everyone and and please if you're in the area please stop by and, and check right. us out you can you can come and worship with us we'd yeah. love to see you if you're in blackfoot come and see us um, you can find find us on Google, you know, Blackfoot Church of Christ. Our yep. worship times 10 and 11 um, a.m. in the morning on Sundays. We'd love to see you. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time.